welcome to the Market Roundup special episode regarding the Silicon Valley bank collapse with your host, Carl Turner. In this episode, I'll explain in detail what happened to cause the US bank collapse and what depositors should do and explain the depositor protections for various countries. So the main news this week, is, which is constantly evolving, is the failure of the US tech-focused bank called Silicon Valley Bank. The bank is focused on startups and venture capitalist investments in tech and healthcare companies. It was the 18th largest US bank. It lost over 60% of its stock price earlier in the week on Wednesday. And after failing to raise capital on Thursday, the bank shares were actually halted and the bank was told to stop trading by the regulator on Friday. This has caused financials and banking stocks to drop across the world. It's the second largest banking failure in US history and the bank was actually valued at $44 billion less than 18 months ago. So due to this news, US banking stocks actually dropped by 7% at one point, which is the worst for over three years. Also, European and UK banks dropped on the fears that this could be a wider issue, affecting the whole market, not just this specific bank. So what happened and why, and should you be concerned? Well, this all stems back from the bank's decision to invest about $91 billion of depositors' money in long-dated bonds. So it's typical for banks to do this. It's recognized as a safe way to increase their returns. Now, the bank actually announced midweek that they'd lost nearly $2 billion in the sale of the U.S. Treasuries and mortgage-backed securities because they needed the cash flow. And because they had to sell the bonds at a lower price, meant they realized these losses on their balance sheet. And this is all due to rising interest rates, which have caused the bond values to drop. So when interest rates were near zero, it's common for banks to load up their long-term dated bonds, seemingly in low-risk mortgage-backed and and treasury investments for the long-term. But as the Fed has been raising interest rates to fight inflation, it's meant that the value of those assets has fallen, leaving a lot of banks sitting with assets that have dropped in value. They haven't realized these losses and they're still on the balance sheet. So because if you've got long-dated mortgage bonds, when someone has to pay fixed interest over a long time period. If interest rates do rise quickly, it means a value for these bonds. They're not so attractive to hold. So that's the problem. If you keep them, you don't need to sell for the medium to long term. That's fine. But because the bank had liquidity issues, it meant it had to sell these bonds and take the loss. Now, for banks to be holding bonds, it's not a problem if they're not forced to sell them, which this Silicon Valley bank was. So when the bank announced that they're going to raise money to actually help offset the losses of these bonds, that's when investors started to worry. And that's when they couldn't actually finance the deal or get the loan that they needed. They were trying to raise capital in the open market. This didn't happen. And on Friday, the bank actually collapsed because investors lost all faith Depositors were withdrawing money at a quicker rate than the bank could release the funds. It meant the bank was insolvent and an intraday close. It was unavoidable due to the classic bank run. 
So the regulators closed down the bank and put it under the control of the U.S. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. They'll act in the depositors' best interest to liquidate the bank's assets, give it back to their customers and creditors. But what does this mean for people with money in the bank? Well, the U.S. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, they actually guarantee up to $250,000 for investors. But this is where it gets messy. About 95% of the bank's depositors, they're actual business accounts. So they are not offered the same levels of protection um, than with individual investors and, and depositors. So the majority of all of the assets, they're all uninsured. So technically, the US protection doesn't apply to these corporate accounts, but the immediate goal for the US Fed is actually to reduce fears that there's going to be a systematic run in the banking system. And it's more than likely that they'll try to recover as much as they can, as quickly as they can for all depositors, whether it's corporate or individuals. And even though the majority is the money's technically uninsured, it's more than likely that it will help out and make it look like there's not an issue. So depositors will receive an initial payment next week and the rest, depending on what happens with the bank's assets, it's likely these will be sold onto a larger bank like JP Morgan or someone like this. And then the, the US protection agency will actually back this. So what are the issues with this and what are the ramifications moving forward? Well, the Silicon Valley Bank, it was a big investor into tech and healthcare startups and they gave a lot of credit lines to these venture capitalist companies as well. So the sudden collapse of this bank has meant there's thousands of tech startups not knowing how they can pay their employees. They've got, a lot of got millions of dollars in deposits, money market instruments and outstanding loans. So it can become quite complicated and difficult for a lot of companies. So what does it mean for individuals? And should you be worried with other banks and other bank deposits? Big question that I've been asked over the last day or so. Well, it's not good news. And the Fed's announcement this week that they're going to potentially increase interest rates isn't good news for banks. So far, it's only affected small and regional banks. They've been the biggest hit. And the larger banks, although they were down 7% at one part, they've not collapsed. Especially for the banks that have got substantial long-term bonds on the balance sheet. That's an issue if interest rates keep on rising. It's unlikely this is going to cause a widespread collapse in larger banks, which are a bit more diversified. But it's worth making sure that you don't have too much in one specific bank in deposit. And potentially look at other types of investments to hold other than cash, so you don't have this default risk. Now, there are a few reasons why it looks like this is isolated to this specific bank and why this has happened. The first is... It looks like it's quite isolated specifically for Silicon Valley's bank's clientele. So this bank has a larger than normal client base in tech startup and venture capital clients. Now, the higher interest rates and tighter access to cash means, means it's a bubble. It's quite unique to this specific bank. It means the tech and growth stocks that have been struggling with interest rate rises 
which are their main clients and it's a higher default risk. Secondly, it's bad timing when they bought over $80 billion of mortgage-backed securities. That's all fine when they want to lock in a higher return that's available, but with higher interest rates, meaning that the value of these bonds drop and the hole in these assets on the balance sheet, they've fallen significantly. If they need to sell the loans, which they did because they needed cash flow, that's when there was an issue. So these are the two main reasons why it looks like it might be quite localized rather than general to all banks. So what advice would I give to people who've got bank deposit accounts to take away? Best advice is just to check the maximum depositor protections for the banks that you hold and the country and jurisdictions that they are in. I recommend that you try and keep onto these limits. It's usually per bank and not accounts. So if you have multiple accounts, it's only the limits per bank. So they really do vary the deposit protections from country to country. There are some jurisdictions with surprisingly low levels of protection. For example, Hong Kong, South Africa, and Thailand have quite low levels of protection. So for the US, the US regulator actually protects up to $250,000 per bank. The UK backs up to £85,000 in any bank. Isle of Man, up to £50,000 per bank. The EU, it's €100,000 per bank. Singapore, 75000 Singapore dollars. And then onto the few pretty low levels of protection. Hong Kong, only up to 500000 Hong Kong dollar per account. Thailand is only up to 1 million Thai baht per account. And South Africa is only up to 100,000 rand. So thanks for listening to this episode and explanation about the banking crisis. I'm Carl Turner. If you've got any specific questions or you'd like to discuss your own financial planning, including what the options are available for deposit money to mitigate this risk, feel free to get in touch. You can add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, carl at carlturnerfinancial.com.